Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. This is Mike Fader with The Turning Point. Uh, We are here every Friday morning live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, the show is available on podcast. Uh, Once again, let me mention the phone number, which you could write down. Maybe it's on the the, uh, website in a prominent place. But here it is, 888. This is to call in if you're a listener. 888-874-4888. I'll say that again. It's like one of those late-night TV commercials where they, or W wins in New York where they say the number 52 times. 888-874-4888. Act now and you can get a free hairpiece. Um, <clears throat> I didn't read the paper this morning, didn't check the news. I don't know if that lunatic 
son of a bitch, Trump actually arrived in New York City yesterday and was on the, do you know, was he on the Intrepid? He was there. Yeah, I, it looks like he was. I'll have to read about it uh, later on. Um, lunatic. All these words, all these adjectives, you know, he's crazy, he's a lunatic and everything. I, who knows, right? It begins to look that way. It begins to look that way, which may show some dim hope for a way of getting rid of him. Although, of course, getting rid of him is not getting rid of the Republicans at the same time. But um, anyhow, um, I, think, I think sometimes he really is crazy. And uh, unfortunately, I have uh, been, uh, I know whereof I speak when it comes to crazy. And he's beginning to really look that way. Not even beginning, he just is. Um, let us welcome him uh, to New York uh, with his uh, presidential tune. And then uh, here's a little article I wanted to tell you about. of a robotic military, kind of a robotic military sound to that. Anyhow, uh, here's an article I saw online the other day. Uh, maybe it was about a week or two ago. It says, it's official. Top psychiatrists at Yale conference warn that Trump has a dangerous mental illness. 35 psychiatrists met at Yale School of Medicine on Thursday to talk about Donald Trump's mental health, which they warned was frighteningly unstable. We have an quote. We have an ethical responsibility to warn the public about Donald Trump's dangerous mental illness, said Dr. John Gartner, a practicing psychotherapist who advised psychiatric residents at John Hopkins University Medical School and had, in the past has warned that Trump is a psychiatric Frankenstein monster. <clears throat> Gartner and other psychiatrists at the conference argued that Trump suffers from a particularly malignant case, malignant case of pathological narcissism which makes him a danger to the country and the world. Narcissist, absolutely. Uh, worse than being a liar or a narcissist, uh, in addition, he is paranoid, delusional, and grandiose. I understand that. Um, and he has grandiose thinking, and he proved that to the country the first day he was president, Gartner explained. If Donald Trump really believes that he had the largest crowd size in history, that's delusional. Dr. James Gilligan, a psychiatrist and professor at New York University, said that Trump's erratic behavior has similarly disturbed him, despite the fact that he has a lot of experience working with violent convicted criminals. That's unclear the way that's written. Anyhow, Mr. Gilligan or Dr. Gilligan has, written, has spent a lot of time working with violent convicted criminals. And he says, I've worked with murderers, and this is really going over the top, but 
I've worked with murderers and rapists. I can recognize dangerousness from a mile away, he said. You don't have to be an expert on dangerousness, clunky word, or spend 50 years studying it like I have in order to know how dangerous this man is. Typically, psychology professionals refrain from diagnosing public figures who they haven't personally interviewed, which makes sense. Dr. Bandy Lee, an assistant clinical professor at Yale School of Medicine, told the conference that the dangers uh, Trump's mental health present are simply too great to stay silent. Um, As some prominent psychiatrists have noted, Trump's mental health is the elephant in the room, Lee explained. I think the public is really starting to catch on and widely talk about this now. I mean, I think he really is sort of crazy. He seems sort of crazy to me, and he seems to be getting crazier all the time. The job is way too much for him. And uh, there is a way. There's the 25th Amendment, which we could talk about in a little bit. Uh, The 25th Amendment provides a way to remove somebody from office if they are incapable of performing their, uh, their official duties. So we'll see. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away. You thought it was a joke, and so you laughed. You laughed when I had said that losing you would make me flip my lid. Right? You know you laughed. I heard you laugh. You laughed, you laughed, and laughed, and then you left. But now you know I'm utterly mad. And they're coming to take me away. Ha-ha, they're coming to take me away. Ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes and they're coming to take me away. Well, that's sad and nasty, but... um... Well, you got to hope he doesn't crack up. I mean, the man's got his hand on the uh, finger on the nuclear trigger. I mean, he is actually dangerous. He changes his mind all the time. He doesn't, he's completely ignorant. He's impulsive. He has a bad temper. Uh, there was a guy who was interviewed who was uh, an ex, um, I forget what it was, a psychiatrist or somebody who worked with interviewing um, uh, Air Force personnel who were in any way connected with uh, nuclear weapons. And he said that Trump could never pass never pass a profile uh, that the Air Force has for somebody who's uh, mentally stable enough to... Uh, and yet here he is, the president. And what, is all, what does all this mean? And what can be done about this? What can be done about this? I mean, the man has all the instincts and the behavior of a fascist dictator. I mean, he, you know, the singling out of immigrants, uh, Muslims, uh, picking on Muslims. It's like Hitler and the Jews, right? Uh, Mexicans, Muslims. Um, and these rallies... He does these rallies with his, uh, with his people. Um, president doesn't need to do rallies. I mean, what, what does it mean a narcissist? What does it mean a narcissist? And uh, uh, I understand this. I understand this to a certain degree. And I, I mean, I think we all know people who we could we've described if we don't even completely understand the phrase as narcissists. It's people inside. You know, and they seem like um, uh, they're completely... Uh, and utterly only concerned with themselves. And that's the way they act, and that's the way they talk frequently. But why do they do that? 
Why do they do that? And um, like I say, I've got a, a more than a touch of that myself. It's because for reasons that have to do probably with the way they grew up uh, or maybe just their, their personalities uh, that they're born with, but certainly a lot about the way they grew up, they feel uh, like little ants, little mice inside their bodies. You know, Trump is big blowhard, probably feels like a little mouse inside. These are people who are scared of everybody. These are people who feel like they've been diminished, like they're almost invisible to the world. And the more invisible they feel and the more they feel like they're almost nothing and that they're disappearing, the more they have to, uh, uh, you know, spread the word about themselves to the whole world. Everybody's got to notice them all the time. Like I say, I've got many of the qualities, so I understand (laughs) that, you know, uh, why would somebody... Uh, feel like they had to go on the radio, you know? I mean, after all, people have plenty to offer and people have talent and there's news to be given to people and everything. But think about it. Why do people become movie stars? Why do people go on, you know, why do people become um, household names? They want everybody to take a look at them. Now, everybody who does this is not necessarily a narcissist. Sometimes it just works out that way. But somebody like Trump has all the qualities, you know, he's fearful. He's obviously fearful all the time. He's got that hunted look in his eyes. If you look past uh, the belligerent, sort of arrogant, even stupid look in his eyes, he's got those little beady, worried eyes. Is somebody hunting him? Is, somebody, is, is, he, is he alive? Is he there? He's got to make you notice him. I mean, and obviously you've seen that he's been in office for what, I don't know, 105 days. Every time you look at every article in the paper, everything you hear on the air, everything people talk about, Trump, President Trump, President Trump, he has succeeded in getting everybody to notice him. But of course, it will never be enough. It will never be enough. For these people, there's never enough. And that's the problem. Unless, of course, they go through some extended period of uh, psychotherapy, which works for them, or some other practice, you know, like Buddhist meditation or something like that. But uh, Trump has got to know that everybody loves him all the time and everybody thinks he's great because he doesn't feel like shit inside. Well, he does feel like shit inside. And that's why he does these rallies. This is what Hitler used to do. Uh, Things aren't going well. I don't feel good. People aren't paying attention to me. They don't think I'm great enough. Let's have a rally of all the the folks, you know, their vogue. It's um, scary and sad because um, he's got all this power. And if he isn't impeached before the year is out, I worry about a coup that will eliminate democracy. I mean, he might just uh, set up some kind of false terrorist attack. And if there is an actual terrorist attack, maybe he will declare martial law and get uh, the, you know, the crazy uh, hysterical uh, Congress to go along with him, like the Patriot Act, only 10 times worse. Uh, just like the, the Nazis um, staged the Reichstag fire, and said it was the communist fault that Trump and his gang might actually do this uh, and declare martial law. I wonder, I always wonder if the military and the police would go along with such a thing. I don't know. Uh, once again, I'll remind you, if you want to call, you can call anytime, interrupt me, um, 888-874-4888. I know a lot of you listen on podcasts, but I'll mention it anyhow. Um, now, all this stuff, when you read all the news and everything all the time, well, maybe I should... Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take a look at the 25th Amendment. Let's take a look at it. Um, 25th Amendment. Uh, no, no, let's, let's take a look at it in a little bit. I, I was going to say that when you read all this news all the time uh, and you hear it on the radio and it's just this never-ending stuff about, uh, I mean, every day you look at this shit, every day. 
the Republicans, and if it's not Trump signing some horrible executive order, I mean, it's the Republicans passing some awful bill. I mean, they are going to kill people. They're going to kill people. This health care bill that they're trying to pass, that passed the Congress, that passed the House yesterday, and it's going to the Senate. I mean, this is, this is uh, a gift to rich people. It's going to, it's going to really hurt. It's going to kill a lot of poor people, literally kill them. It's going to try to get rid of pre-existing conditions. It's going to do everything to um, discriminate against really helping people who really need it and who can't afford it. The elderly, senior citizens, people with previous uh, existing conditions, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the poor, right? And the poor these days includes even the lower middle class and uh, not the middle class, but even the lower middle class. I mean, this is an awful thing. And the FCC, I mean, you know, uh, he's signing executive orders. They're passing bills. The FCC is now dominated by these extreme right-wing Republicans, and uh, the head of the FCC says he wants to, and now there's a new rule that was passed by executive order or whatever, that says that, um, that basically there's no rules whatsoever on the way the, the gigantic, the monster internet companies and uh, communications companies like Time Warner or Comcast or whoever, they can, uh, they can set up uh, five tiers. And you know, while you're used to getting internet and almost anything you want on the internet, and you're paying a lot of money generally for cable to do that, they're going to make it so that you, you have to pay more and more and more to get less and less and less. And so it all adds up all the time so the rich get everything. And he's going to lift uh, – the Republicans are lifting sanctions on, uh, on, uh, on economic behavior. I mean they're going to let mergers. And uh, the FCC just uh, voted the other day that um, communications companies, again, you know, like Fox and uh, 20th Century Fox and – and Murdoch's group at a place called Sinclair Broadcasting can buy more and more and more TVs. They can set up monopolies in certain areas. A lot of, a lot of these places are monopolies already. But uh, everything you look at, money, communications, everything that affects your daily life, uh, it is now going to be like uh, the high seas with pirates sailing on them, with no law whatsoever, no protection for the citizens of the country. I mean, it's extraordinary. And, when, you know, sometimes you have to just take a break and you have to fall back <clears throat> and look at it and say that, um, and say that uh, you know, I can't stand this anymore. It's too much of this. I turn on uh, NPR and I hear President Trump, President Trump. I don't even want, I can't believe still, though I should come to terms with reality. One of the problems with a narcissist is that they distort reality to, to match what they need to hear or see. <laughs> But the reality is that uh, the man is the president, and it would be very good if we could get rid of him. And maybe there is a way. It, it's being discussed and it's being talked about. But in between time, uh, when it doesn't create a permanent sort of state of rage, it induces in me, and I know some other people too, a kind of awful, hopeless frustration laced with a kind of melancholia. Stopping by woods on a snowy evening. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness belts a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds, the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. 
But I have promises to keep And miles to go before I sleep And miles to go before I sleep There's an old man called Mississippi That's the old man that I'd like to be What does he care if the world's got troubles? What does he care if the land ain't free? Old Man River, that old man river, he must know something, but don't say nothing. He just keeps rolling, he keeps on
Mm. Mm, beautiful. That's Paul Robeson. I think a lot of you know that already, but that's Paul Robeson. I guess you could get that off YouTube the way I did. Um, see, that's the kind of thing. What's going to happen is uh, that all these companies, have, who owns YouTube? Everybody, Google, Amazon, or Microsoft uh, basically owns everything. Soon they will probably own you, but that's maybe a few years off. Um, so whoever owns um, YouTube, but uh, YouTube, uh, they'll probably start charging you. Like, you know, um, instead of just putting ads on, that won't be enough. They'll charge you uh, five cents a minute or something to go on to YouTube. It'll add up to billions of dollars uh, for them. This is the kind of thing that's been going on these days with Trump. I mean, got this, I'm rambling off now, but it's got to stop. Something has got to stop this. Now, we don't, uh, people in this country don't have, there's not going to be an actual revolution. There's going to be no revolution. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, that happened once a long time ago, and it was against basically a foreign occupying power, the British. <clears throat> but Americans aren't going to get together and have a revolution. It's just, even if they wanted to, it's absolutely impossible. But uh, so there's still the vote. They're still voting. Uh, you've got, I mean, we've all got to vote. I mean, I have to confess that there are times when I have not gone out to vote, when I really did think that everybody was the same. I mean, it didn't really matter who you voted for. But there is obviously a difference. There was a difference. Sometimes it's more clear cut, like the difference between Roosevelt and whoever it was that he was running against. You don't even remember their names anymore. Um, you know, that was a massive kind of a, a, a political revolution in American government, which was necessary at that time. And there have been other times, too. And generally speaking, when a Democrat runs and or there is a Democratic Congress, you do tend to get more human progress. Uh, people who, citizens, taxpayers, people who are poor, who are helpless, people who are old, just regular people, uh, people who are black, women, Latinos, uh, everybody, almost everybody, um, except maybe the wealthy who get charged even more for the huge wealth they have, and it doesn't even hurt them at all. Um, everybody generally tends to benefit. I mean, think of things, despite all their lunacy and their own grandiosity and their own opportunism, most of the Democratic politicians and uh, most of the Democratic presidents that we've seen, I guess since Roosevelt, uh, too far back there, um, Johnson, uh, everybody, Carter, I mean, you name whoever it was, uh, you know, Clinton, um, uh, Obama, they, they, and if they had, uh, obviously, a, a Democratic Congress to go along with them, the citizens of the country generally benefited. There was progress made in uh, the, the uh, moral arc, <laughs> the moral arc uh, of humanity. Um, but uh, with the Republicans, it always seems to go backwards, and sometimes it goes way back. Sometimes it goes way back, and we've never had uh, in my living memory, any kind of group of Republicans, uh, well-funded as they are by all these rich people uh, that, have, um, you know, that have been so retro, that have been so longing to go back to uh, uh, free-for-all in which they're in charge and they set the rules and they have all the money. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And like I say, sometimes I think it turns a lot of people off. They don't want to vote. And of course, they don't want to vote sometimes when they see who's running on the other side. It's the Democrats, uh, in a way, tremendously at fault for Trump being the president. Hillary Clinton, the same old, tired, power-hungry group of people running Hillary Clinton, 
Absurd. Maybe Bernie Sanders really would have had a chance, but she never had a chance against him. I mean, she was surprised. Everybody was surprised, and James Comey didn't help at all. But it's extraordinary. And now, when they see things, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of arguments about this from people who I sent a message to on my mailing list. By the way, if you want to join my mailing list, uh, want to get in touch with me, you can call, uh, you can go to online, of course, everything's online, Mike Fader, M-I-K-E, well, no, actually, it's the Fader Files, and then there'll be a way to contact me, and that's my name, Mike Fader, Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S.com, FaderFiles.com, and you can get in touch with me or contact me or get on my mailing list. I sent a, a note out to the list, and I said, um, you know, oh, there was an article in the paper the other day that uh, President, uh, former President Obama is going to be addressing a Wall Street group called Cantor Fitzgerald Company, and other Wall Street groups will be attending. <clears throat> and he's going to get paid $400,000, $400,000 for an hour's speech. And this is what uh, Clinton, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton did all those years that uh, makes you wonder. I mean, this is uh, Obama and his wife, I think, in the aggregate, uh, Mrs. Obama, both uh, decent, uh, you know, intelligent, ethical people by most standards. And he was a, a pretty good president, although he had a lot of flaws. Um, and some of them didn't, weren't so good for personal liberty. But um, he's, um, he's accepting $400,000. This is a guy, and, and when people see this, when younger voters especially see this, they say, what really is the difference? They're all greedy bastards. Obama's got 60, they got a total of $65 million in book advances after they uh, left, after he left office and she left office with him. $65 million. And um, people look at this and they say, why does he need $400,000 for a speech? I don't know. I really don't know. But um, anyhow, let's see what George Carlin has to say about politicians. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to do you any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here. Like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. So I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. 
I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, am in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is, when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much. The inimitable George Carlin. Uh, George Carlin. Oh, I forgot to mention before about Paul Robeson. <clears throat> that man, aside from having uh, a God-given gift, a beautiful voice, was um, a true hero, a political hero as well. And Carlin, always a hero of a lot of people, at least in my generation, I think for younger people too. Um, but you can't really say, you know, I mean, there were times in my life when I didn't vote, and I just didn't vote. And I have to confess, when I really did think that it didn't make any difference. I mean, uh, on, the, on the level where I lived, day to day, you know, and, but that's not true. It's not just, just plain not true. And I think it's irresponsible now not to vote. And I think the next time around, um, <clears throat> It's essential to have the biggest turnout of Democratic voters in every state, especially maybe key states, that has ever been turned out before, except maybe during the Depression or along with the Depression in Roosevelt. Because um, there's got to be, uh, if there's not the 25th Amendment, which I'll try to refer to in a minute, but there's, there's got to be, uh, if that doesn't happen and the president isn't removed, which isn't really going to ha- help that much because... Well, it'll help because he's so dangerous that he could get us into a war or cause God knows what other grief to everybody continually. But it'll just put uh, still right-wing Republicans in charge. And, um, but he's got to go one way or the other. Uh, so everybody's got to get out and vote in the midterms. Have to elect a Democratic Congress. Absolutely necessary. <clears throat> I hope they allow it. And I hope the president, uh, Trump, uh, whoever it is, uh, or Pence, allows it. I worry that they may not even allow another vote. And, uh, but there is, <clears throat> aside from impeachment, um, oh, speaking of impeachment, I think I have a little uh, music I want to play about that. I mean, so um, there's plenty of good reasons to impeach this president. He's already given you uh, adequate cause for it. So let's hear, what, uh, let's hear a little musical uh, commentary on impeaching the president, and then we'll get to the 25th Amendment. They want to see. 
So what if that doesn't happen? What if there's not an impeachment? Uh, there is the 25th Amendment. Uh, it allows, it was enacted after, in 1967, after John Kennedy was shot. They didn't know whether he was going to be incapacitated or not permanently or for a long time. <clears throat> and they didn't know they didn't have a president. Uh, 25th Amendment, the Constitution allows for the vice president to become president in the event of the death, resignation, removal from office, or impairment that prevents the current um, president from fulfilling his or her duties. And um, four key sections of the 25th Amendment. The process where the president, vice president becomes president if the current president dies, resigns, or is removed from office. Um, <clears throat> that's if there's an impeachment, right? If the vice president has become vacant, the president chooses a new vice president, right, right. Section three, the president may temporarily make the vice president the acting president with a written declaration. This lasts until a second declaration is made that ends his condition. This has been done a few times, most recently when President Bush underwent two medical procedures in 2002 and 2007 <clears throat> and passed power to the vice president, Cheney. But what we're really looking at here is um, Section 4, which is an emergency provision that allows the vice president and members of the cabinet, the vice president and members of the cabinet, to declare the president unfit to carry out the duties of the presidency. It's almost like a coup, right? And the president, in the face of this, can assert his competency, think of Trump, ability to serve by sending a declaration to Congress. The vice president and the cabinet could submit another declaration against the president, which would force Congress to reach a two-thirds majority that the president is unfit for office. This is the kind of thing that uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I really wouldn't be surprised to see. I mean, the man, the man really is crazy. He's really out of his mind. And um, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to have a man like this in the White House. Um, he, I think really the billionaires are running everything, but he's running enough, right? All these executive orders he signs, which are uh, poisoning the water and the air and the land, uh, you know, uh, eliminating all, uh, uh, you know, uh, reserves on businesses, on banks. I mean, he's just out of his mind and he's making life miserable for all of us. He's got to go. But, uh, we, and we all have to resist. Obviously, we have to, uh, like I said, there's probably was a lot of protesters yesterday when he was on the Intrepid. Thinking of him on the Intrepid kind of uh, <clears throat> makes me sick, too. All that stuff, you know, for better and for worse, the fact that uh, the military, which he avoided during Vietnam, was, uh, I think the Intrepid was involved in Vietnam, but that he's on there at all, you know. Anyhow, that's a mixed thing, as we all know. But... Um, I'll read about what it was. So everybody's got to resist in every way they can. Everybody's got to resist all the time. And of course, then everybody's got to turn out to vote. And, um, but hatred, I don't know. You can't waste your time hating the guy. And you hate him. I mean, you know, you're angry and you have to do something, but you can't waste your time hating the guy. And uh, there's always uh, Martin Luther King. I don't have the exact quote here, but uh, um, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King basically said that you have to oppose hatred with love. And it's one of the greatest things that I've ever heard anybody say. You have to uh, pose hatred uh, with love. And um, it's just something to do in your own life, something uh, important to do in your own life, which saves you and saves other people too and uh, redeems everything. Um, and I've tried to do that in my life. Uh, I haven't always succeeded, but it's something I keep trying to do. 
I think what we'll, uh, we'll do is go out. There are different kinds of love, of course. Um, there's something from Wikipedia. Um, love is a variety of different feelings. It says here are states and attitudes that, ranges, that range from interpersonal affection, I love my mother, <laughs> to pleasure, I love that meal. It can refer to an emotion of a strong attraction and a personal attachment. Love can also be a virtue representing human kindness, compassion, and affection. You know, the Lord gave his only son to come here and the unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. You know, like in in psychology, uh, Carl Rogers once came up with this term, unconditional positive regard. Unconditional positive regard. Somebody just loves you, just for who you are. Um, Love may also describe compassionate and affectionate actions towards other humans. Um, absolutely. Just simple affection and compassion. Anyhow, we'll go out with love and not hate. And um, we'll be back next week. Scalpel. Scalpel. Gauze. Gauze. More gauze. More gauze. More gauze. More gauze. More gauze. More gauze. A little more gauze. We don't have any more gauze. That's all the gauze? Yeah. I don't know what happened. We had a small roll of gauze. Give me a sponge. Sponge. Clamp. You have the clamp. Suture. We have a suture. Edith. Yes. I love you. Please, please. Sponge. You have the sponge. Give me another sponge. I want you two have sponges. All the sponges. I have two sponges. We don't. We, we, we only had two sponges. Edith, this is terrible when we wrangle this way. But Why we do you avoid me? We have two sponges. Why do you avoid me in the hall? I don't avoid you, you in the hall. You turned your back at the coffee machine. I didn't turn my you back. You deliberately at the turned your back. Excuse me, the oxygen is failing. You just don't change the subject. But it's failing. Well, turn it up. Why well, I'm are you trying to. Me? Is there somebody else? Is there something you'd like? A suture? Sponge? Something? Is there somebody else? I don't care to discuss it now, It's thank Pinsky, you. isn't it? I don't care to talk about it. I saw you in the cafeteria. I just don't care to talk about it, Dr. Harris. Now, would you like anything else? Otherwise, I'd like to go. Go in the middle of an operation? Well, I have nothing else to hand you. You've got it all in the patient. Edith, what have I done to hurt you this way? You haven't done anything to hurt me. I just wish you wouldn't badger me. Badger you? I need time to think. I told you that before. I don't know you like this. You're cold. You're diffident. Because you badger me. I haven't badgered you're you. You're only making me run away. Is it badgering you to tell you I love you? Is that badgering you? Please do not tell me over and over in the cafeteria and in operations. All right, I'm sorry. Give me a needle. Needle. Thread. Would you like me to thread the needle? I don't even know what I'm doing. Yes, thread it, please. All right. Cat cut? Yes. Cheer up. Come on, I have a little joke for you. Knock, knock. Oh. Come on. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cat cut. Cat cut who? Cat cut your tongue? <laughs> oh, come on. Edith, why are you torturing me? I'm not. I was trying to cheer you up. Well, the only, there's only one way you can cheer me up, and that's to say yes. Please, please, Dr. Harris, not now. This is how you drive me away every time. Put your finger on this knot, please. All right, but don't do anything funny. I'm not doing anything funny. I'm sewing up the patient. All now right. it's you who starts these things. All right, all right. Oh, I do love you so. Oh, please, please, let go of my finger. I knew you were going to do this. 
Please, no, don't pull back. I do. I love you. I love you. Let go of my finger. Don't pull back. You're pulling the stick. Please, Dr. Harris, stop. Edith, it is Pinsky, isn't it? I don't want to talk about it now, It's please. very important to me to know whether it's Pinsky or not. Give me time to check. Now the oxygen is failing again. Let it fail. I'm sick of this torture. Please so, Dr. Harris. Everyone is looking at you. I'm not going to finish this operation unless you say yes. Dr. Harris, you're being impossible. I'm not going to finish this operation unless you say yes, Edith. Dr. Harris, this patient will die. I've been tortured long enough. Yes or no, which is it going to be? This is absolute blackmail. I don't care. I don't care what length I go to anymore. All is fair and all that. Dr. Harris, you're a doctor. A doctor. Doesn't that mean anything to you, yes, a surgeon? I'm a doctor, Edith, but I'm a man also, and I will not go on with this operation until you give me your answer, and it better be yes. I have no choice. Yes. All right, then. Clamp, darling. John! Marcia! John! Marcia! John? Uh, Marcia. John! Marcia? John! Marcia? John! Marcia... Marcia, 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 John, 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 Marcia, John, Marcia. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds, or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark whose worth's unknown, although his height be taken. 
Love's not time's fool, though rosy lips and cheeks within his bended sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. If this be error, and upon me proved, I never writ, nor no man ever loved.
And uh, this has been Mike Fader uh, here with uh, The Turning Point. And uh, God willing, thanks for listening. God willing, I will see you next week.